We meet today in Psalm chapter 143 to 146. Psalm 143 is actually David's agent appeal for help. This is another marvelous prayer of David. It is an agent appeal for God to help. David had no inhibitions, if you like, and he opened his heart to God. Oh, that we would learn to pray like that. Listen to him. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me, and in your righteousness. Psalm 143, verse 1. David appeals here to the faithfulness and righteousness of God for an answer. Isn't this exactly what believers are to do when they sin? First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, God is faithful and just. Now, the word just is the same for righteous. Like David, we appeal to God on the basis of his faithfulness and his righteousness. This psalm is a very wonderful prayer, and it can fit into your experience and mine. It can fit into anyone's experience. This is also the plea for the nation Israel. This is their hope when they cry for help from Jehovah in their day of calamity. And David will not, and God will not disappoint them. In the book of Romans, Paul tells us what Israel's problem is, particularly today. Romans 10, verse 3. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. You see, this is also the trouble of the Gentile nations. This is the trouble of all of us. They are working at a religion. They are trying to do something to please God. My friend, he has already done something for them. He has sent the son to die on the cross to pay the penalty of sin. You please him not by doing something again, but you only please him when you accept what he has done for you. Romans 10 verse 4 tells us, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That is amazing. Listen to the psalmist. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Psalm 143 verse 6. Please, I would like to invite you to watch out when it is raining on the desert, on a sandy soil, and notice that it will rain, it will rain, it will rain again, and that thirsty land just keeps on drinking up the water. And David says, my soul thirsts for you as a thirsty land. Oh, how blessed it is for a child of God to be so thirsty for the things of God that you just keep on taking in, drinking on the word of God. We have a deadness when it comes to the thirsty for the word of God these days. And sometimes people just go for what is fashionable, where there is loud music, where there is noise, where there is uh, the emotional activities, that which simply scratch your emotions. 
and never appeal to the word of God. And sometimes many people have compromised on the truth. This man cried to God and he thirsted after the truth, after God. Now hear David's cry. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails me. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Psalm 143, verse 7. You see, David is saying to God, you are my only help. If you do not answer me, no one will answer me. If you do not rescue me, those who are deceivers might even face me. And I might end up even taking the counsel of those who are doomed for destruction. You are my only help. Here is Psalm 143, verse 8 to verse 10. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you I do trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. This is the prayer of David. And this reveals David's trust in God as his only refuge and his only hope. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Should be the daily prayer of every child of God. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Where do you go? And ask God to deliver you. Ask God to lead you in the right paths. Psalm 144 is a psalm of praise and prayer to God because of who he is. And this is another one of the psalms written by David. Some of the contents are similar to those in Psalm 18, which began, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. That is Psalm 18, verse 1 to verse 2. Those contents are actually similar to the ones we may find even in this psalm, Psalm 144. Psalm 144 was written out of one of David's experiences when he was delivered out of the hand of King Saul. Also, it is prophetic. It looks forward to the coming day when the children of Israel will suffer during the great tribulation. In this time of great distress, they will turn to God in prayer. Also, this psalm is applicable to all the saints during the centuries between David's time and the great tribulation period. Listen to this. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Psalm 144 verse 1. Now what does David mean here? Well, there will be those who will immediately jump at this and say, Look, the God of the Old Testament is warlike. My friend, 
if you had lived in David's day, you would have been a lot more comfortable knowing that you were protected from the enemy surrounding you and knowing that you could also defend yourself. It is true that our Lord is the Prince of Peace, but he has made it very clear that there will be no peace on this earth until he returns. In the meantime, nations and individuals would have to accumulate enough armaments to protect themselves. So self-protection is still in order because of the evil that abounds in this life. Listen to the psalmist. My loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. Psalm 144 verse 2. You see, David here says that God is his goodness. If you and I have any righteousness, it is Christ. David says that God is also his goodness, his protector, his fortress, his high tower, his deliverer, his shield, or even his stronghold. While nations may have arsenals to protect themselves, to protect its people, God's children also want to make sure that God is their protector, is their fortress, high tower, deliverer, and shield. So who subdues my people under me? Is David speaking as a commander? He is speaking there as a commander. Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you are mindful of him? Psalm 144 verse 3. Why should God take note of a little man? That is the question here. Well, frankly, man does not amount to very much. It's only because he created man in his image. That ought to cause us to humble ourselves before the great God and our creator. Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Psalm 144 verse 4. Now, man is like a breath means that man is nothing without God. That life is purposeless without God. Life without God is really empty, my friend. Without Jesus Christ, without God, man is like a breath and emptiness. Without God, life has no purpose. Now listen to David as he pleads with God. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Psalm 144 verse 5. This is a call for God to break into human events, for God to intrude into history. This is also confirmed in Isaiah 64. Verse 1 to verse 2. That passage of scripture says, Oh, that you would rent the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that nations may tremble at your presence. Now, God is going to intrude into human history one day, my friend. I don't want to take a, a fanatical position and say that he is going to do it tomorrow or even in this century. 
But the fact of the matter is that he is going to do. He will come down. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Psalm 144 verse 6. When the Lord Jesus comes again, he is coming in judgment. The whole tenor of scripture, including the New Testament, is that the Lord is coming in judgment one day. There is no more vivid and dramatic picture of this than the one which is actually given in Revelation 19 verse 11, where John saw the heaven open and he saw a white horse. That passage of scripture tells us, And behold a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes wars. This is the picture of the Lord Jesus Christ coming forth as a conqueror to conquer, as a conquering king. Maybe you don't like this picture, but it is the picture that the word of God presents before us. Today, his grace is still available to you and me, and his grace tarries. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He speaks love, but he will come in judgment. At that time, the psalmist says, I will sing a new song to you, O God. On a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. Psalm 144 verse 9. You see, this will not happen until after the tribulation. Then the children of Israel will be able to sing this new song to their God. Remember, the new song is always the song of redemption. Psalm 145. This one is a psalm which is dedicated to the praise for what God is and for what he does. This psalm is the last psalm that mentions David as the author. He may have written some of the psalms that do not have his name, but we cannot be sure. This psalm is an acrostic, which means that each verse begins with one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. From Psalm 145 to 150, we find that every one of them is a hallelujah psalm. It is an increasing crescendo, if you like. The praise in this Psalm 145 is actually not quite complete, nor is it in any of the Psalms. And at the occasion of the birth of Jesus Christ, the angel said, Glory to God in the highest. Luke 2 verse 14. Why? Because Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and there would be peace. But there hasn't been peace yet. We have never been able to sing the hallelujah chorus perfectly yet. But there is coming a day when Christ will return to this earth. The day that he comes forth will be a great day. And then the hallelujah chorus will be sung correctly and completely. I mention this to account for the fact that this psalm is in the acrostic, uh, supposing to contain all the Hebrew letters in the alphabet. But you will find that there are some missing letters. The missing letters simply 
explain to us that the chorus is not yet complete. But a day will come when it will be complete. The psalmist says, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Psalm 145, verse 1 and 2. He says, every day I will bless you. This is not for only one day in the week when we go to church, but for every day. That is worship, my friend. There are days when we don't feel like blessing him. We sometimes sing. We praise him for all that is past and trust him for all that is to come. We can change that around and sing. We praise him for all that is past and praise him for all that is to come. We praise him every day. This is a marvelous psalm of praise. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Psalm 145 verse 8. Now, we have a kind God. David had experienced the kindness of God, and it motivated him to show the same kindness of God to others. How are we doing? At showing kindness to others. Perhaps you have the subtle belief that God's goodness extends only to certain people. If this is your understanding, then consider the truth of Psalm 145. The Lord is good to all. That's what we see in verse 9. Now, does it seem hard to believe that God's goodness extends to everyone in the world? Well, then consider that God is the source of all goodness. Luke 18 verse 19. James 1 verse 17. And because he is the God of all goodness, he reaches out to all the people of the world with the good news of his love. John 3 verse 17 to Peter 3 verse 9. For that reason, God is near to all who call upon his name all who call upon him. And that is what we find in verse 18 of Psalm 145, which says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in trust. Now, whoever you are and wherever you are, if you mean business with God, you can come into his presence through Christ. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. There are many people who are stiff-arming God, if you like. That is one reason why they go through a church ritual. They are escaping a personal confrontation with him. One of the greatest doctrines that the Reformation brought back to us was the doctrine of the priesthood of believers. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have direct access to God. If you are unsaved, God invites you to come to him for salvation. You see, he is available. He is near to all who call upon him. Psalm 146. This is a hallelujah psalm. Praise to God for his goodness. The five psalms that conclude this great hymn book, the psalms, are all hallelujah psalms. Notice that they begin with Praise the Lord. And they also end with praise the Lord. 
which means, of course, hallelujah. No longer do they tell anything of persecution or suffering. There are no prayers for help or deliverance from the enemy. There are no imprecatory prayers where they are seeking revenge. You see, the night of sin and suffering is now over. Weeping is past, and joy has come in the morning of the millennium. So they sing, praise the Lord, or they go, hallelujah. Listen to the psalmist. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 146 verse 1. Not only should we praise God with our lips, but we should genuinely praise him from the heart. That's why he says, O my soul. As we praise God for saving us from sin, we should remember also to thank him for creating us in the very first place. And this gives us more than enough reason for worshipping him every day of our lives. Many of the later Psalms were composed to help Israel keep in perspective both dimensions of God's work, his powerful work as creator and his compassionate work as a savior. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man in whom there is no help. Psalm 146 verse 3. Now this verse describes the powerlessness of man. No lasting help can come from any human being whose body will one day return to the dust from which it was made, whether he be a prince or a common paperboy man. The statement is given in this psalm that man is sinful and that there is no hope in man. He is a finite creature and he turns to dust. There is but one in whom salvation and all men's needs is found the God of Jacob, the loving Jehovah. In the closing verses of this psalm, the word the Lord means Jehovah, and it is mentioned eight times. Please notice, as we read from Psalm 146 verse 5 to verse 10, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes ju justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Now, once again, we have placed our faith in the work of God's Son, Jesus Christ. That is what we need. And once we have done so, and we have received salvation from sin, there is much more of God's experience to talk about. And the psalmist is talking about his personal experience with God. My friend, conversion is merely the beginning of a spiritual journey. We are invited to know more and more about who God is and who we are. Now, as we grow, God opens our understanding of how he has created us and what he has given us as his creatures.
God is the one who is in the helping business. As Jehovah, he is the redeemer. As creator, he is Elohim. And the Psalms makes this abundantly clear. For that reason, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.